0: Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined
1: us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the MES Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Reagan, joined by John. How you doing, John? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, So we're in the middle of NBA playoffs, and we're going to be talking about that later. But before we do that, let's talk a little news around the sports world. I'm going to quickly hit some highlight points and... uh, then we can maybe circle back to some of them. So the Grizzlies will have to be playing the rest of the playoffs without John Morant. His injury will make uh, take him out of the rest of the playoff matchups. Uh, assuming they win this next, or if they're able to win this next one, I guess he might be back for the next round. But that'll be tough to do without him. The Angels pitcher Reed Detmers pitched a no-hitter. Tom Brady, uh, I don't know if he actually signed yet or what the deal is, but he's going to be working for Fox after retirement, whenever that is. Uh, Nikola Jokic, the Joker, won the MVP for the second year in a row. Uh, Curry is the first player to hit five hundred threes in postseason play, which is incredible. And due to schedules being released tomorrow, some leaks show us that the Rams have the hardest road ahead back to the big game. So, what do you think of Nikola Jokic winning the MVP for a second year?
0: Yeah, I think it's an interesting, uh, an interesting thing. For him. I, I, I think, you know, I, I believe that you know he. Played enough, and he played well enough, and he is a big factor in his team and the wins that they create to win a award award like this. But they weren't even in the playoffs this this season, uh, and they could not have. And I don't even think they went into the um to the or maybe they were in the playing tournament, but lost in the playing tournament to get the actual NBA. So they weren't even in the playoffs. So I have kind of a problem with giving him uh, that award just because I feel like he didn't go far enough in the playoffs to be like the front runner for it. I feel like Joel Embiid might have been the person that I think. Should have won it uh, and was high up on you know a lot of people's boards for the person that should get it. Uh, I think based off of the way he's been playing in the playoffs, yes, his team's getting kind of manhandled a little bit right now uh, to the heat a little bit, especially after that really embarrassing loss. But the way he's come back and played, uh, the way he's led this team through ups and downs, through um, Ben Simmons being there and then him leaving and uh, James Harden coming in and all that struggles that he's been having, having a lot of rotating pieces go in and go out. It's something that's hard to manage, but he's still able to get his team to the playoffs, get them into—obviously, uh, well, they were in the playoffs, but get them into the next round and you know win a couple games against this Heat team that we na- now know can throttle them, even with Joel, not Joel, be, Joel Embiid being on the floor or not. So I think it's going to be an interesting conversation for years to come about who should have gotten this reward. Obviously, I think um, Nikola Jokic should be up there on that list no matter what because this guy— uh, can definitely do a lot of stuff on the on the court and make a lot of great plays for you. I also understand why they didn't give uh, Giannis this award because, in a lot of ways, similar to Joel Embiid, yes, they're both in the playoffs, but unlike Joel Embiid, he didn't uh, he, Giannis did not get injured. He just has been struggling against this Boston Celtics team who has been able to do pretty much anything to stop him so ultimately I think it's gonna be one of those things where people will be like Joel Embiid was up there on that list should have been in question but um I think there there's sides to both of this argument but ultimately I like the award going to him I think he's a great basketball player for this Nuggets team and is a staple for this Nuggets team and it's the type of player when that full Nuggets team is healthy and when they have everyone back next season can make a strong push for playoff contention so I think that kind of speaks to what he's been able to do. And plus, when you watch him play, there's pretty much no bigs in the league that are more fun to watch than him Yeah. in the way he can dish the passes, get the assist, score, and hit the three. So I think it's been really interesting to watch, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here.
1: Yeah, definitely a fun player to watch. All right, let's talk about the schedule. NFL schedule is being released tomorrow. Um... What are you looking forward to, for that? And what do you think are going to be some of those outcomes for uh, seeing some teams' roads to the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I read an article that said that Tom Brady completely wrecked the uh, schedule uh, by coming back. that to reschedule some of the Tampa games into prime time and move things around, give them better matchups and all that stuff. So ultimately, we now know that Tampa's probably going to have a pretty hard road this season, and they're going to put them in a lot of prime time games. So I'm excited to see exactly how many of those games – uh, are in are in primetime and how many of those games are on Thursday uh, night football how many of those games are on Monday night football you know uh, and maybe even Sunday night football and who they're playing against because when they're in primetime games you automatically get the best of the NFC so i believe there'd be some rams uh, one of the i know they're playing the rams so i think that game's going to be in primetime and some of the other games i don't know the exact, exact schedule cuz i don't have a poll up in front of me but i'm excited to see who is playing who because obviously you can go online you can kind of get a get a feel for who they're going to play in a given season but we have no idea where those games are going to rest and where they're going to go and i think that's one of the funnest parts about schedule release is being able to see exactly how things are going to look uh and who's going to play who and when that week's going to happen especially for fans that just can't wait to pack the stadiums which is another thing i'm glad that fans are back in the stadium which was a lot of fun last year and it's been one of those things that i've really enjoyed that um but the teams i'm personally looking forward to and this is complete bias here is is the tambay buccaneers uh, Tom Brady. I'm really excited to see who he plays. The Rams, and I'm also excited about the Tennessee Titans. All three of those teams. I'm excited to see where the schedule kind of lands. And ultimately, I think it makes sense for the Rams to have the long, hardest road to get back. But I don't understand that the, why the Dallas Cowboys and the Commanders have the easiest road. Because, and I, I don't know exactly how all this scheduling works. I know it's based off of conference and division, and and you get a couple of, uh, you do a, you play a couple of teams that are inside your division multiple times a year and then you play guys in your conference and and then cross-conference so I get all that stuff but I'm I'm more I mean like how they decide the strength of your schedule I I get it makes sense for the the, you know the reigning champs to have to play a hard road to get back but this Dallas team shouldn't be given any you know free passes or anything they should have to play hard as well and obviously they had a pretty rough season last year was able to squeak into the playoffs but still I think it was pretty hard road for them so It'll be an interesting situation to see exactly how that all pans out and works out, but ultimately, I, I think these schedule releases is always a lot of fun to see exactly where things lie, see when we get to see these rookies on the field finally, and how that's all going to look and you know shake out. But like I said, I, I'm excited to see exactly where this Tampa team lies because I think they're going to have um, you know an interesting you know an interesting slate of games because like I mentioned, they they had to redo because Tom Brady was coming back and they're not going to give him any free passes. So uh, yeah, I think. It's going to be really interesting, and we're going to get the schedule release, I think, tomorrow at 8 p.m. I believe that's Eastern time, so um, 7 o'clock Central time. Uh, So, yeah, that'll be an interesting kind of
1: situation. I always really enjoy this. Okay, yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. So let's talk NBA playoff basketball. We have the Mavs, Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Celtics, Bucks, and we just released a couple articles on some of these things, um, which you guys can check out on MESsports.com. But let's talk about the Mavs suns matchup because we haven't done a ton coverage on that so let's talk about what you think's going there are they still tied in their series no the okay. uh, suns just won last night okay so
0: are they fixing to put this thing away so it's a three three and three and two series um obviously suns are up and ultimately i was watching this game expecting just based off the score at the end to be a little bit of a lopsided Victory for the Suns. And at the beginning of the game, that was not at all the case. Donchich was taking control of the game. All the Maverick players were playing extremely well. And it was a really big, just kind of fight going on. Not actual fight, but, you know, a a basketball fight where each team was going back and forth, back and forth, and and scoring buckets. And then the second quarter rolls around. All of a sudden, you're like, Am I watching the same game? Did Did I change it back to an older game? What happened? And. The Mavericks literally could not knock down a shot to save their life. They were tipping the ball back out to the Suns players to give them an extra opportunity, which was very strange. And they really couldn't get anything going. They were trying to get inside to get gather rebounds, but it was like one Maverick player as opposed to four Suns players. So they were the Suns were able to get the rebound. It was just a really hard game for them to kind of finding any footing. And that really just continued, and it really didn't wear off. And then finally maybe score a bucket, and and then they were just trying to find another one, and they were just having to battle, 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 battle. And it really wasn't working for them to find any way to get out of it. And I watched all the way up to the fourth quarter, uh, and I stopped because I got the gist of it. And I was seeing what was really happening here. And also, the three-point plays were not really splashing down as much as you would like. Uh, at all times, and obviously this this Mavericks team is a little up and down from three point range, but when they're hot, they can get hot quick, and they can definitely claw back into the games that they are playing. And ultimately, this Suns team, it just depends on what Sun team you get. Do you get the the Suns team where Chris Paul is fouling out of the game with six fouls, and you're able to get and you get him out of the game, you basically crush this Phoenix Suns team because he's such a uh, instrumental piece to their success. Or are you gonna get a team where Chris Paul scoring 30 points and Devin Booker scoring 30 points and Ayton scoring 15 in the, in, in the pain and they're just bullying you. And depending on what team you get, this Mavericks team is having a hard time trying to find their footing when they get this very physical Suns team that's very talented and very gifted at the game of basketball. And that's kind of what we saw last night, where they were really unable to get anything going after the Suns were able to call back into the game, get up, and then, you know, they never really looked back. Which is why, this if you watch the beginning of the game, and then you watch the end of the game, you're watching two different, uh, two different tales. <laughs> so, I think, if you really look at it, this series is really going to come back down to the next game. Ultimately, it's pretty obvious that it's going to come back to the next game, but I just mean it's going to really, we're going to see a lot for the next series and I believe it's going to be the Warriors that have to play the winner of this series. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of who they're playing, what type of skill level they're at, like all of that because depending on if they get the Mavericks or the Suns, one's way easier to crush if you're the Golden State Warriors and I like the physicality of the Warriors so I think they can easily match the physicality of the Suns and both teams have really talented players that can match each other well at different positions. So, Ultimately, I think either team that they get, I think that's going to be a really tight series if they get the Suns. But like I mentioned, I think I, I just I would not think that the 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 Mavericks are going to be able to pull off this victory. Um, I think the Mavericks are just going to struggle. They they seem like this one of these teams that should be able to pull off these victories. But what we've seen, especially in the series, uh, with Devin Booker being back, is the talent and the sheer skill of this team. And I think one of the players that get l- lost in the Chris Paul. Um, Devin Booker type scheme that they have cooked up there is Aiden. And I think Aiden is one of the best big men in the NBA. He doesn't get a whole lot of love for what he's able to do inside the pain, what he's able to do and destroy uh, basketball teams from the inside out. I mean, when he was playing last season against the Lakers in that first round and he was dominating Anthony Davis, that was really fun to watch. So, And, and Jay Crowder. I mean, after that first series where he scored nothing um, – where he had literally one in one point, one assist, one rebound, one block in that game against the Pelicans, and now he's actually able to get things going and start moving along. So ultimately, I'd be shocked if the uh, if they go out this to a game seven, and I
1: fully expect the Suns to you know kind of yeah. finish things out. Yeah, definitely. All right, Warriors, Memphis. It's I think it's pretty much over after the performance we saw that we've been seeing from the Warriors and Curry just hit five hundred threes in a playoff in playoffs um I think it's pretty much over for the Grizzlies without John Morant
0: yeah well with him being out and there's no sign of him coming back and the Warriors being three and one in this series yeah I would say it's pretty much over but I liked the fight we saw in the Memphis Grizzlies team I mean that game if you watch it it feels like we're watching a brand new series, and the fact that the the this this Memphis team was playing very scrappy, it felt more like a Timberwolves series than the Golden State series, where it was just battling, battling steals. I mean, both teams had ten and six uh, blocks apiece. Memphis had ten. Golden State had six going into the second or into the final quarter. Steals were just going left and right. It was really hard for Golden State to find any sort of footing. They were falling behind a little bit. The, they weren't really hitting the three-point play like we really expect from this Memphis Grizzlies team as we've seen throughout the playoffs. So there was a lot of like difference that we saw in this game as far as Memphis is concerned. I wanted them to shoot more threes because I felt like if they'd shot more threes, they could have maybe pulled out that victory. And also... I mentioned, I like this group of guys, and I mentioned this in the article uh, on, on yeah, Sports, where I said the group of guys is good, but I question their ability to close out the game. And when they came in the clutch moments and they needed to finish out the game and they had an opportunity to win, they just were failing the th- uh, the free throws, doing bad from there, from the stripe. They really couldn't get much three-point plays to drop for them. Um, and defensively, that I thought, we kind of saw Golden State finally get the last little surge in a way to just kind of dismantle uh, this Memphis team and then end up, end up winning the game. So ultimately, if I had to guess, I think it would probably be over uh, tonight, and I think Golden State's yep. going to be able to win. Obviously, we're going to Memphis in this game. We're not going to be playing in Golden State's home court, so that's could be I don't think it's gonna a matter. little bit of a disadvantage. But what we come to expect with these Golden State games. And I've watched a lot of the third and fourth quarter of these games. We really don't—I don't remember personally. Maybe I missed a little bit of the first halves and they weren't quite as much. But this, like, steal over and over again in blocks, blocks, blocks. But we saw it was a lot of John Morant coming in clutch at the very end of the game. Yep. And I think we're going to kind of wait and see who's going to be that guy that's going to come in and be the John Morant of this current team. Is that Jackson? Is that Is that one of these other guys, or is it Bain? Who is it going to be that's going to go in, or Anderson? Who's going to be the guy that's going to come in and finish out games? Because we did not see that. We did not see the closer, and that's going to be a problem. Also, Steven Adams, I thought was – a. I think his performance was very mixed obviously you have to put him in there you got to get another you got to get these guys rest you can't just play him for the full full game but when he was in there the results were mixed I mean a lot of times he was having a hard time with gathering the ball he's getting getting the balls took or thefted a lot from him he did have a couple of nice passes a couple of good assists a couple of points to the paint but I just felt like it was kind of a little up and down. And ultimately, that's from not playing a lot in these the last couple of series. But that loss of John Morant, not, he's doubtful for the rest of the games. And I think it's probably, when you go doubtful, you're probably not going to play. Especially with the bone, bru- bone bruise. So that's pretty hard to come back into. Uh, and especially with 3-1, and one, I would not risk it if I was the Memphis Grizzlies. Even if there's a slimmer of hope if you are willing to put your star player in jeopardy just to get one game, I mean, you have to win the next couple of games, even get into the series and you're willing to risk it being fur- uh, further, you know, further injury for next season. That's not thinking of the bigger picture here. Cause right now you just got to field the team that you have play the players that you have. And I fully expect a battle. I don't think they're just going to roll over and say, "Okay, there's not enough time; we can't come back into this." I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw a couple nights ago, where where Golden State was having to fight tooth and nail to get things done. But the the other thing, the reason the Golden State was able to, be able to claw back into this game was they're able to hit down the three point play with Curry. Um, gosh, I'm blanking out some of these other guys' names, but with these guys that they have on this Golden State team, and when they're able to all get hot behind the three, they were able to claw back into the game, and boom, 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 and then all of a sudden it steamrolled, and then the defense paid off eventually and the climax finally happened so ultimately like you said I don't yeah I think it's pretty much a
1: foregone conclusion that this this is going to end this way yeah and you're talking about guys on the Warriors team being able to hit threes we saw in the Celtics-Bucks game this last game four that we saw Al Horford really stepped up and was hitting lots of threes he got a lot of stuff done for the Celtics in that game I think he's probably one of the main reasons that they were to win that game they're tied right now in their series what do you think is going to happen for them Okay, so I was debating on when I should break, you know, this
0: this fact that's going to hurt Milwaukee fans. But go ahead and say it now. This series should be 4-0 in in, in Celtics' favor. And I'm not saying that because I'm thinking that they're going to go to the finals, not biasly in any way, shape, or form. But while watching the last four games, the Celtics have shot themselves in the foot every single time. they I have another strong point I'm going to make an event, but, you know, one at a time. Um, and all, ultimately, we watched it. Go, uh, when this Celtics team, if Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart are not in sync, and all three of those guys are not knocking down shots consistently and well, they lose the basketball game. But as soon as all three of those guys, or at least a couple of those guys, start hitting the three well, they crawl back into games. And we saw that, especially in Game 3, when they almost won it after playing horribly the entire game. They were able to play good enough defense that kept them in the game close enough that at the end, they were able to almost come back and almost hit that... That questionable, it should have been a three-point play. That should have been a three three points at the line. But they almost were able to get that free throw in at the very end of the game to tie it up and get into the ballgame. The fact that they were even close to get to that point within striking distance uh, is truly incredible. But I just want to make a couple of points here about the last game that we saw. Tatum is still struggling behind the arc at three-point range. That's just something that we've seen in the last few games. And he's struggling with coming back out of that, you know, that funk a little bit. But other players are able to play such great defense that it doesn't matter. Um, they're able to lock down Giannis. They're able to lock down Drew Holiday. Lopez is getting to the line, that's fine. Those big guys are not great at shooting the free throw. So they're getting them, and they're guarding extremely well. Yes, there's times where Giannis and Gettens to pay and score, but there's a lot more times where they're forcing him to take shots he doesn't want to take or cannot take, or they're getting him to miss and get steals, and that is why they're getting into games or even close because that's what we especially saw in, in Game 4. They were slow. They weren't perfect. Their offense wasn't great. But when Al Horford or Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown or Pritchard or any of these guys got their footing, things took over. So as long as they're hitting their three and as long as they're playing defense, I'm going to emphasize defense is way more important than office because you can crawl back into the game with great three-point plays if you play good enough office. Because if you get them to struggle and you're struggling and you're the team that gets out of the funk the fastest, you win the basketball game. So that's kind of what we see in this series thus far. And I don't see that changing. The Celtics are now up three and two. Is that correct? I think. Oh, no, no. I don't know. It's two and two. They're tied. It's tied. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I, I mean, in this team, this this the Celtics team, the other point I want to make is their ability to get rebounds has been insane. They're, you know, they're going at you and they're going to be physical and they're going to go at you and they're going to punch you and they're going to try to get into you a little bit and they're going to play a little bit physical and they might get a little annoying to you, but that's why they're getting into foul trouble. But I much rather see them get into foul trouble and still willing to play the same physical basketball than not to get into foul trouble and Giannis is just walking all over them, getting fifty-point, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> games and left and right. Yes, he's getting those twenty-five to thirty-point rate games, but I'm much rather that. And you're slowing down everyone else around him. You told me a stat earlier that Giannis is like averaging thirty points a game, and everyone else is so much lower. Yeah, and he's Tatum really like- the
1: main offense of the whole Bucks team. It's just, it's just Giannis. If you look at the stats, I mean, nobody's coming close, and it's that's what. Like you're saying, if the Celtics shut down Giannis, I think they're winning all these games.
0: Yeah, so that's why I think this game, this should have been the only sweep of the series. The other point I want to make is another offensive point to the Maki fans, but I don't think Giannis will be looked at the same again. And why I mention that is because I think we finally figured out how to contain Giannis in such a way where everyone else is going to have to pick up the slack... This should be a gigantic wake up call to this Milwaukee team and to the rest of the league. You stay in front of him. You square him up. You stop him from getting inside, and you're willing to take an occasional charge that can knock him to the ground very painfully, like we saw with Marcus Smart just a couple games ago. You shut him down. You do not let him to have the success he's been able to have over the last few seasons. And that's just how it usually works. Where there's a guy that's really taken over the league, they always have to find a way to. Uh, adapt to what's happening. And we saw that with Nikola Jokic. I think that's one of the reasons why he's at the top every single year because he's not trying to score by himself every single time. He's way better with the passing and the assists. Giannis just wants to score. And I think we finally got him to the point where he seems playing a little bit out of desperation, just a little bit, where he's shooting the three or shooting the long two where he should not be shooting them. And he's not able to hit the free throw. So I feel like the Celtics have found the blueprint to how you beat Giannis and how you keep him contained. Because normally, Giannis' fingerprint would be all over these games. But for whatever reason, they're kind of all over the game. And then all of a sudden, they just kind of get, you know, scrubbed off by the Celtic team who then roars back. And And I think that's just a testament to, I mean, at the beginning of the series, I said, you gotta take advantage of Giannis minutes, the minutes where Giannis is not on the court. But maybe it's take advantage of the minutes he is on the court. Make him struggle. Make him wear him down. Wear him down. Wear him down. Wear him down. And I feel like that's when you have success. Because personally, I much have rather have Giannis on the court than Lopez on the court. Right now, that's kind of how I feel because Lopez is just... a. Just a dominant guy. I mean, Giannis missed both his free throws. Lopez was there to tip back up, get the two points anyway. All the oops, rebounds, getting to the free throw line, getting into bonus. It's just everything's just kind of playing and coming out of him. So I think it's we're at the point where Um, Giannis is getting found out a little bit, and this is the crossroads. If people are able to take this advantage, and this is the blueprint people use. Now, granted, not all defenses are built equal. This Celtics defense is you know, something truly special with Al Horford and Grant Williams. These guys can definitely guard Giannis well, but if they're able to guard the same way and use the same fundamental form, Giannis is going to have to take this as the big picture here and be able to say, okay, teams are battling me a little bit different now it's time to rely on the other teammates that I have. Now, granted, this is a different situation. Chris Middleton is not playing. So obviously, that's a situation you kind of have to look at here and say to yourself, okay, that's that's true as well. So let's not you know, completely discount it here. But you're going to have to find a way to get more assists and not have to drop 30 to 40-point games because when you do that and you're more happy with scoring 20, 25, maybe even less, but you're winning basketball games, that's when this team's going to have success because they're going to have more problems to deal with than just Giannis. So ultimately I think this series is going to be instrumental into how the NBA is going to look for the near future for not only centers or, or big guy or big men on the, in the court, but it's going to be for the next generation of people that go onto the NBA where they're centers. They're going to have to be willing to pass and not just score. But the other thing is Giannis is a great defensive player, so he's going to have to hone that even more and not worry quite as much defensively. And you have to be able to knock in your free throws because as soon as you knock in your free throws... That's when you become truly dangerous because your three-point plays are not going to be great and your deep twos are not going to be great. But work on your defense, work on your passing, work on your free throws, then you become a truly legendary player and you go to another standard that, we, or another level that we've not seen him get to. But he's getting to the point where he's reaching his ceiling. Nothing against Giannis. I think he's a fantastic player. Love the guy. Love his interviews with all those funny jokes he's doing. He's just a fantastic guy. But I just feel like there's just some things that he needs to tweak to be at the top of his game. And I believe it's going to have to start tonight and it's going to have to start tonight to, to go to the future. So that's kind of how I see the series. I see it being a very pivotal se- series. So I'm sorry, Milwaukee fans, but I had to mention those two things.
1: All right. It'll be exciting to see how all of these matchups shake out. I know we have the uh, Miami and uh, Heat in the 76ers match. We didn't talk about that a ton, but unfortunate loss for the 76ers and that seems <laughs> to be swaying towards Miami. So yes. we'll see how all that shakes out. Good episode. Thanks for hopping on and talking some sports. Absolutely. And we'll cover some more stuff down the road. Yeah, see ya. See ya. God bless.